This podcast is brought to you by the Trinity Whip Company. Battling daily whip fever? Sadly, there is no cure, only treatment. More whips. Traditionally made kangaroo whips, top quality craftsmanship in form as well as function. Handcrafted by Blake Burning. TrinityWhipCo.com Or look for the link on our main page. TheFedoraChronicles.com This is the Fedora Chronicles Network. This is episode 54 of the Metaphysical Connection. I'm your host, Carol Fisk. This time, my husband Eric and our co-host Walt Schnabel discuss the news of the week, including one company that wants to inject RFID chips in all their employees, a Facebook executive talking about artificial intelligence and safeguards, and strange archaeological discoveries made recently. They also talk about Eric's deep depression about Cassini's final days. It's okay, folks. He's in therapy for it. After the break, we move to the topic of the week, the secrets behind the origins of NASA and the documents commissioned by the Eisenhower administration and published in 1960 by the Brookings Institute, titled, Proposed Studies on the Implications of Peaceful Space Activities for Human Affairs. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Well, first of all, we miss Jim. Jim is on special assignment this week. Not able to escape the void. Yes, yes. So we we really miss Jim, and we miss the uh, the banter. We're we're definitely we're uh, we're Jim light this week. We're banterless. We're banterless. So anyway, so do you have any any news that you wanted to share? Well, the one thing I thought was interesting, and I posted it on the Metaphysical Connection website, was a statement from, it was actually part of an interview with um, the guy that is the director of AI for um, Facebook. Yes. Um, find his name here. Jan Lukan. Okay. Anyway, he's the <clears throat> he's the guy that's in charge of artificial intelligence for, for Facebook. Right. And he came out and said that um, he didn't think there was any danger from AI in terms of you know, interacting with humans, and that there was enough checks in place to um, keep that keep anything nefarious from happening. And that, and that basically the corporations would keep AI in check because they their main really only goal is is profit so um, they really don't wouldn't um, benefit in any way from from AI getting out of, out of control so he, he, he thinks that there's a, there are checks and balances in place that would keep AI from getting to the I mean, um, how many? So how what many, do you think about that? How many shows have we already done on the topic of AI? And, and um, well, I, I think he heard our last show. That's okay. probably why he came out with but that. It's funny because the thing is, is that we did the last show, and then he mentioned this whole thing. Oh, yeah, as if he's I'm, talking that's what direct. I'm thinking. That's, that's I, what I. That's I, what I, I read. Think, I think he, uh, you know, must have listened to it and said, "Oh, we've got to respond to that." That's well, some first, major material there. First and foremost, I look at this issue as 
a graphic designer, a web developer, somebody who runs the Fedora Chronicles main site, the Metaphysical Connection, and I use Facebook a lot to get the word out about what we do, um, and Twitter, Twitter, and other social media, and, and they're important tools. And and I and looking at how the code is used to get your message or our message to the top of the page, as it were. Mm-hmm. And I know that they use all sorts of algorithms. And, and, and the, the word AI in this instance for Facebook is sort of like a misnomer because it's not like HAL 9000 or the Terminator um, making decisions on its own. All it is is sophisticated code that caters, and I hate saying this, it caters the Facebook experience to each individual user. And your Facebook experience, as it were, is different than mine. They cater ads specifically to the user at any given time. You and I will be on Facebook at the same exact time in the same exact room. You'll see ads that are different than what, what I see. And, but, and nobody <laughs> at Facebook has created artificial intelligence that is going to somehow hack the internet and get the get the nuclear codes from from the pentagon and cheyenne mountain yet okay they keep moving along you know they're they're hurtling towards this there's not nothing is going to happen yet within the foreseeable future as far as artificial intelligence taking over the world as of yet but, but it, we're hurtling towards that with driverless cars, as it were, and robots that can go in and clean yeah, up toxic we're waste. clearly moving in the direction of more dependency on, on AI and robots and those kinds of things. If, if and when that goes over the tipping point to where instead of us controlling them and using them, they start to control us, that's where the problem comes well, in, if and when. I, you know, we don't know for sure that that's going to happen. It's it's conjecture at this point, but it's it's a logical extension of that whole process. Well, I what think. what is going to happen when? And I know that a lot of people have written stories about this. What happens when you create artificial intelligence that becomes self-aware? And one of the first things that happens when something becomes self-aware is the notion of self-preservation. Self-preservation and intelligence goes hand in hand. Mm -hmm. What happens when we create something that is so smart and so intelligent that it'll just blast through the safeguards? Well, that's the whole question. You don't know. And and, and the the, the idea that uh, the artificial intelligence sort of patterns its behavior after its creator which would be us. <laughs> that's um, not good. That's not necessarily a good thing. I mean, if you look at our behavior, it's not exactly. Look at what uh, we've done in the past couple of decades. Well, yeah. I mean, just look at the, you know, quote, civilized world. Yeah, exactly. You know, which isn't so much. You how, know, how did that turn out? Events of the last couple of days have kind of proven that out with the gas attacks in Syria and things like yeah. that. You know, we're, we're hardly a civilized race that would is worthy of being, having somebody pattern or something pattern itself after our our behavior. So if that's the case, then I, I think that's a, a pretty big concern that, you know, the AI sort of uses us as its pattern to, to create its own behavior. And where's that going to lead to? 
you know, we're, we're a very primitive, warlike, greedy race. Exactly. Um, but other than that, we're, we're good. We're pretty, yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that we, we, we do have, we, you know, humans do have a, an altruistic side. You know, there is a good side to human. I don't, I don't mean, mean to paint that bleak of a picture of the human race. However, you know, that side, there is a duality. That side does exist. And, and there are as many um, <clears throat> nefarious elements of the human race as there are altruistic or good sides or more. I don't, I don't know what the equation is, but. Um, certainly you would hope that the AI would use the positive behavior model. But, but there's no guarantee. Uh, certainly no guarantee. There's no guarantee. I mean, <clears throat> Especially I mean, when there's a problem. I think whenever there's a problem, you, you know, the, the default mechanism tends to be the, the, the more difficult road, which yeah. would, would be, you know, creating things and doing things that are, that are less than on the up and up. We just got done watching a documentary on the Roosevelts on P. Um, it was originally aired on PBS, and you can actually right. you can get it. it what? Huh? That was uh, Ken Burns. Ken Burns, your yeah. buddy, Ken Burns. My buddy, I did meet him. And uh, and the and the notion is that no matter how hard we tried to avoid staying out of war, World War World War One or World War Two were inevitable. They were they were just simply going to happen. And and at, well, no matter but, but how were hard they, but were they? Well, I mean, the thing is, is that how, how are we going to impose our will on Nazi Germany to make sure that they don't invo invade these other territories, these other countries? How well, can, how yeah, can we have influence? I, I'm not sure that I'm not sure that there is an, an inevitability attached to that. Maybe maybe there is, but um, Roosevelt was sort of duped into getting into the war. He he was not really interested initially in getting into it, and then yeah. we we talked about that on a previous show. But he he got kind of um, Hoodwinked into, you know, getting getting involved. I think, yeah, um, which I think is has happened in numerous wars. Doesn't that doesn't that always seem to happen though? I mean, the harder and harder you try to stay out of war, the harder and harder the other side tries to drag you in. Well, there's a, there's a there's a motive behind yeah. that. You know, there's a motive behind war in general. That's, yeah, there's always some behind the scenes stuff going on that. You know, wars wars are are created. They're not it just doesn't happen by accident. There's there's, yeah. there's a whole faction of power brokers that create wars because they're good business. They make they make money. Yeah. The only people who actually win wars are the people who make the beans and bullets. You know? Exactly. I mean. Exactly. And the and the, and the uh, tanks and yeah airplanes and all that stuff. They they profit big time from it. And yeah. you know the other people who fight the war don't. Not so much. Not so much. You know it. Uh, it wars. People don't. People don't seem to be able to figure that out. Yeah, I'm not quite sure why, but they they always wave the American flag at something and exactly. say, "Oh, okay, we got to do that." Exactly, and I think that, and and I and I maintain this. I think that there are there are people out there who want nothing more than to be able to have a machine say, "This is what you have to do." They want a thinking <clears throat> machine to tell you what to do well, maybe and so, what not up, to do up to a certain point. Yeah. And, and, and until it gets to the point where it's telling you something yeah. that you don't want to do. Exactly. You, know, you have to. By the way, I just saw on the news that, um, this is a little bit of a change of direction, but um, they there's a Swedish company that is, it's not mandated, but they're, they're encouraging their employees to get chipped. 
Did you see that? I did see that. Yeah. I've seen that. And that's yeah. and that new story, that little <clears throat> nugget keeps popping up time and again that there are companies that want you to get shipped. And they're they're sort of presenting it in a fashion that it's going to be more uh, like a security thing. Yeah. Like, you know, the company has some kind of security clearance and you have to wave your card to to get through, you know, what and and they're so they're saying it is what you know, what if you come into work and you wave your card? You go to your desk, you, you know, you put your car down or something, and then you go out for coffee or whatever, and you can't get back in because you don't have your card. Well, yeah, okay, so. so yeah. So the alternative to that is to get a uh, chip implant. You mean to tell me you don't have a security desk that makes sure that you are you? Well, I, I'm just saying what I saw, Eric. I don't, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not looking uh, at the. Oh, oh, no, I'm not talking about you, Walt. <clears throat> I'm talking, you know, to the people who yeah, think that yeah. it's necessary for you to, for the employees to get a chip. Right. And, and you know, on the surface, that seems kind of, you know, not so evil. You know, I mean, oh, yeah, it just makes kind of life easier. And, and I think that's the way it goes. Right. And I think that's the way chipping is going to go. I think that's – and, you know, I'm surprised it happened in Sweden because Sweden tends to be a, a fairly um, op- more open society, I think, in, yeah. in a lot of ways, you know, traditionally anyway. So Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there were a lot of Nazi ties with, with Sweden and things yeah. like that. There were a lot of Nazi sympathizers in Sweden. So who knows, you know. Yeah, if some of those boys didn't end up in, not in Brazil, but in Sweden, you know, <laughs> with their own operation. <laughs> Who knows? You know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So I just thought that was an interesting sort of revelation. You know, that this was starting to actually happen. Um, is that the first stage toward for chipping? Oh, toward everybody being chipped? Oh hell yeah! <clears throat> oh hell yeah! How, I mean, I mean, in, in that case, it's volunteer. But <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Losing my voice. That's all right. So I don't know. I, I just thought that was kind of kind of interesting. The, the the issue that I have as somebody who has, I mean, followed, you know, science fiction stories and mm-hmm. and um, you know, yeah, and science fiction geek, science fiction geek, Mister Science let's, Fiction. Let's just come right out and say it, Eric. Mister Science Fiction. And and as somebody who has actually studied the Bible and the Book of Revelations and what it all means. And there is a concern there that people are saying that getting chipped is like the sign of the beast or getting a tattoo that is a barcode is the sign of the beast. There are people who insist that the sign of the beast is somehow hidden in barcodes of all things. And there are nefarious people out there, including the Nazis. It started with the Nazis that want to mark people. Somebody wants to put their mark on Something we're going to talk about today, the um, the SS used to uh, brand the... SS members yeah. with, a ta- with their own tattoo. Number. Yeah. So they were they were SS for, for good, you know. Yeah. Once you were SS, you were SS. Yeah. Which we're going to bring into the conversation And, and the thing today. is, is that my, and, and my buddy Walt Schauble here is, has marked himself with. Well, I, with, I didn't actually do it myself, Eric. Well, but you're wearing that sweatshirt. Oh, I think, you're you're this, about, I think you're talking about my bandage. No, I'm not talking about your bandage. Oh, you don't want to talk about my, we'll, we'll, my wound? We'll talk about that later. But the thing is, is that, I mean, the thing is, is that we brand ourselves all the time. We brand yeah, ourselves. Yeah, I, I, I would go with that. I agree. Whether it's like you, it's, if you wear a sneakers with a, with, a, with a Nike logo, or if you're wearing a Abercrombie & Fitch sweatshirt. I mean, we, Which I'm not, by the way. Well, no, you're wearing a Ralph Lauren yeah, okay, sweatshirt. Right. And that's okay. That's 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 cool. It's and the thing is, is that we use images and pictograms and logos to tell the world something about ourselves. 
yeah, what good taste we have or, or right. what um, good choices we make in things. Exactly. Or, or, or whatever the message is that's the, behind the product. And the thing is, is that a lot of us get tattooed to say, and the, and, and the tattoos that a lot of us get have a special meaning. Like, you know, my, my wife has a tattoo of a, of, a, of a Japanese plum blossom because it has, it has, it's symbolic of, of rebirth and new life. It says Eric underneath. No, no, I'm my, my. I have a tattoo hidden somewhere that says "Property of Carol Fisk." Do not touch. Hazardous material. <laughs> I don't want to see that, Eric. <laughs> don't ever divulge that to me, <laughs> please. Uh, I, how long? I mean, I wish Jim was here so he could he, he could say something about how quickly we ran this into the gutter. Yeah, well, it doesn't take long. But the thing is, is that I, you know, RFID chips that they put under the epidermis is is just another aspect of that. But the mm-hmm. thing is, is that that's I mean, a company wants to put something in your body so they can track you on the on the premise that it's going to be good for you. That's going to be something that's going to enhance your your life in some way. So make, make assen- things better. For essentially, you. there's a piece of you that belongs to the company, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. God, are, for- are we that far off, Eric? Really now, right now? I mean, when you talk about how how ingrained technology, we, I mean, this is a conversation we had, yeah, in the last show that how ingrained technology is. You know, is is it is it that big of a step to get it to get an implant? Well, I mean, I mean you look at look at people. Wherever you go, we we were we were, we were waiting to get into a restaurant last weekend, and you know there, was, there were people sitting around. And when people sit down after they give their name, what's the first thing they do? What's you, the first thing guess? they do? Or what's yeah. the first thing I do? Well, I'm, I'm saying they now. What do you? Uh, this is a oh, I see this all the time. I see people. What's grab the very it. first thing they do? I see people sitting down and they get on their cell phones exactly. and they do whatever. Yeah. First thing they first thing they take their cell phone out of their pocket. And they, they may, like, say, like, one word to the people sitting there or something like, hey, right. long line or something, you know. Yeah. Or, hey, everybody's got the same idea. You well, know, are, like, are they? You and can, then the next yeah. thing is to whip their cell phone out. And, and, and you look around and, and everybody's doing that. Yeah. Except for me and my wife. My wife's a, a dyed-in-the-wool anti-cell phone person. But even my son. My son was with us. He'd get his cell phone out. Yeah. I don't even know. What, what are they looking at? What, what are they looking at, do you think? What do I <clears> think? But yeah. I mean, the thing yeah. is, you're 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 more um, in, in that sort of mindset, I think, than than I am. So, so what are people actually looking at? The thing is, is that I'm not pinning you down personally. But. Oh no, you can pin me down, you know, within reason, right? But just buy me a couple of drinks first. No, not in a Borat kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is that we are constantly stra- stra- just yearning for entertainment, and distractions. Mm-hmm. We are constantly looking at this is one of the things but what what's on there that's so fascinating I guess what what, what are they are they looking at Facebook or are they looking everybody at games has or? everybody has their thing what, Every, here's the thing everybody <clears throat> has their thing. I have a thing where I like to listen to specific kinds of mu- mu- music that gets me in whatever kind of mood that I want to be in. I love listening to jazz or big band swing that reminds are, me of you film doing movie. that on your phone. Oh hell yeah! I mean, but not all the time. I mean, but the thing you is, mean on, is, on earbuds or or just like playing it. Oh, it's like I'll whip out the bows and I'll play it for the entire family to set the ambiance of. But the thing is, no, I'm talking about like in a public place when when people, like I was saying, in a restaurant when people are waiting, they sit down, 
First thing they do is whip their phone out of their pocket and they're like scrolling through stuff. You know, what, what, what are they looking at? A right? lot of people. Why don't they just talk to each other? Like if you're out on a date, the worst thing you can do is whip out your cell phone and Well, it's and peruse. probably not the worst thing you can whip out, but it's pretty close. Right. It's, it's the, you know, it's the second worst thing you could whip out. Because right. the thing is, you're not, you're not interested in your date. You're so... You just don't want to be there so badly. What if your date's looking on her cell phone or his cell phone? Then that's, I think that's a bad message or something like that. I'm not sure that that doesn't happen. I'm sure it does. I mean, you look at people out to dinner, you see a couple, you know, maybe they're married, maybe they're on their first date, I don't know. But they're both on their cell phones. I I will tell you that I know know people who are constantly keeping track Mm. of what's going on at work. Even when they're out of well, a restaurant. That's, that's unfortunate, too. If think, it's a work know. cell phone, they're looking they're to that, see. If they're that tied into their job. I mean, their job is that important, yeah. and they feel that insecure. Yeah, they, they can't be checking they, their stocks, I guess, or something. But, yeah. Okay, I get that. But it just seems like it's really getting in the way of like real social interaction. There's the know? whole entire notion that for you to keep your job, you have to be interconnected with work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Every waking moment is well, devoted that's a problem towards... in itself, I think. Yeah. You know, your job is just a means to an end. It should be a means to an end. But it's it not. Be your sole purpose for breathing, you know, and everything else is just periphery stuff. Yeah. That's, it should be the other way around, I think, you know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I could be. Maybe, maybe. But the entire notion is that I know a lot of people who are feel so endangered of losing their jobs that they have to constantly check and see, you know, what is the boss saying? What is my coworker saying? There, there's the constant conversation about what's going on at work. Yeah, maybe. I know of somebody in particular who will be out shopping, look at, at her cell phone and say, oh my God, I can't believe that so-and-so from work just said that. They just like made a ton of work for me. Mm. That constantly happens. Yeah, I guess. And the but, thing is, um, is that, I mean, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, f- to the great them out there, are you paying me enough? Do you pay me enough to be that interconnected with work all the time? I mean, the first thing that some people do before they even get out of bed is check their work cell phone. I'm not even sure that it's a matter of pay. I think I think it's a matter of self-esteem. Like people want to do, and, and, and i not diminishing this, I think that some people really want to do a good job. I think that isn't always the case, but I think some people get derived pleasure from knowing that they're doing a good job and they're an asset to their company no. or whatever. Um, I'm not sure that pay is is always part of it. Of course, it is some part of it. Or it's just the job security. Well, that could be too, I guess. But All right. I think we probably beat this enough. Let's let's move on. you have anything, any other topics? To, well, the thing is, is that we had <clears throat> posted... Unless you want to continue. We had... Well, the one thing that I would say in my defense is that our audience for the Federal Chronicles and the Metaphysical Connection mm-hmm. are very important to me. They are not a second family to me. They are the first family to me. And I care about these people. And I do check to see what news items can can I share to hold them over until yeah, our I'm, next podcast. Yeah, I'm not I'm not. That's my that. excuse. Well, yeah, but is that all you do with your cell phone? No, yeah. not at all. I mean, so, you know, yeah, okay. I'm not saying cell phones shouldn't be used yeah. to, to some degree. I just think it's... yeah. It's gotten to the point where it's you know where you where you see every other person driving down the street with a with a cell phone attached to their ear. You know that's that's not good. That's not no, good. it's not good. I was behind a kid um, 
coming back from Portland last weekend, and he he was driving really erratically to the point where I thought he might have been impaired or something. Right. So I you know I took the opportunity in a two lane at a two lane light to get around him because he was weaving and he was going right. out of his lane and he you know um, and he was young he was you know he he. He was definitely under 20. I don't know how old he was, but he looked real young. Yeah. And, and as I was going past him, he was texting. He was looking down at his phone. and te- Yeah. You know, so that's a road hazard, you know. So what's with that, you know? So yeah. he hits somebody or crashes into somebody or something, and it's because he was distracted but, by his no, cell did, phone. Did he crash into somebody? No, no, he didn't, but, but he, he could he, have easily. He, he probably will <clears throat> sometime in the well, near future. Well, maybe. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe not. But I think the that, chances are a lot higher if he's not watching what he's no, doing. No, I think that if you drive erratically and you're speeding and you're and you're paying attention to your cell phone, it's you have a 100% chance of getting into an sooner accident. Sooner or later, I think, yeah. Yeah, sooner I or think, later. Yeah, and... and that's something that's really beyond me. I, you know, yeah. I, you know, if it's something that important, pull over, man. And yeah. Do what you have to do and then drive. But know? the thing is, is that thanks to my cell phone, I could put the earbuds in my ear, put the cell phone in my pocket, and I can listen to an, audi- an audio book from Audible. Mm-hmm. I can listen but to that's an, a different. That's a whole different thing. That's a different thing. And yeah, there are not some as, people. Not as distracted. Yeah. Uh, and not a little more than your radio would be, I think. No, it's, a, it's, it's no different. Right. And I'm able to consume. Well, here's a here's a que- question for you, Eric. Sure. What, what do you think would happen if they, and this is probably wild conjecture, but if they pass some kind of legislation legislation saying that you had to um, have something installed in your car that would cut out your cell phone, that would that would keep you from texting or talking on the cell phone, to keep you from distracted driving. How do you think that would play out? I think, I think there would be a huge. Came out of left field with that one, but I think that there would be a huge <clears throat> outcry from backlash. The, yeah, there starting with the companies. I think that like the Fortune 500 companies would totally flip out because, well, that's when our executives do some of their best work if they can't make when it they're to driving. A, oh hell yeah! I mean, the thing is, I know of a, most of the people I know they will they will be on a corporate meeting while they're driving. Well, what? Okay, let, let's let's hone it in a little bit then. Let's yeah. say that the technology blocks out, and I know they can do this because right. my wife's new car—you can't set the—they've got a—they've got a built-in control, safety control where you can't set the clock while the car is moving. Yes, same thing with that. So you yeah. have to pull over. And, same thing. And what if you had that sent very same thing for a cell phone? Or a, you know, well, you can you can receive too. and take calls, but you can't do text or while play you're moving, games. Yeah. While you're moving, what, I, do you, what do you think about that? I think that's inevitable. I think that's think I think that's that I think that that's coming. I think yeah. it's coming to the point where the only thing you're going to be able to do within the confines of your car is take phone calls and make phone calls. Well, it's just, that's the same thing now. I mean, no, no. If, I think if you're driving and taking a phone call, you you got the phone. That's distracted. Well, the thing is, is that many states have that you have to, if you're going to operate a phone, it has to be hands-free. Like you, you, you have to use like Bluetooth, you know. Well, yeah, but does it get enforced? I mean, oh hell yeah, I see people texting all the time. I see it enforced all the time. Mm. I've seen people. I've seen Mm. a lot of people pulled over. I have to argue with that. I I don't see it that much. You really don't. No. Okay. I guess maybe I'm not seeing it, but yeah. You know, I see people all the time, obviously texting. Um, and driving like in the fast lane, like eighty miles an hour. Like, really? How how much of a uh, distraction is that 
at oh, 80 miles huge. an hour. Oh, it's huge. You know? so. First of all, why are you driving 80 miles an hour? <laughs> well, yeah, that's number one. But number two, not even really paying attention to what you're doing. We have two huge problems going on. <clears throat> yeah. So, but the thing but, is, but is, the, I guess if you can, if you if you extrapolate out from there, if you don't have to drive your car, then it's all good. You know? Oh, oh, yeah. <clears throat> and I think that, <clears throat> you do whatever you want to do. I think that that's. I mean, I think I think you're going to start seeing a lot of strange things happening Maybe when you have driverless cars. Mm-hmm. You're going to see people like catching up on their sleep, having sex behind the wheel with these driverless cars. I think you're going to see people really? like getting on and that's having. Really getting out there. Are you are you serious? <clears throat> are you you mean to I tell mean, me really, really? People driving down the road. Are you serious? Yeah, I mean. That it, may happen occasionally. I don't, I don't think that's going to be a common occurrence. I don't know, Walt. <clears throat> I, okay, it happens in the back of limos, I guess, but, you know. I don't know, Eric. I think that's... You mean... <laughs> that's a little bit of a, I don't know, an over, Walt. A stretch, I, I, think. I think that you're going to start seeing a lot no, of things. Right. I could be wrong. I, I, I think you're going to see, <clears throat> see people do a lot of strange things in the backseat of the cars. I think cars. You're, just, you're just hoping for that, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> you, do you really think I'm that transparent? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, do you have any more news items before we move well, on to the, the, one the of main, things, one the of things topic? I, one of the things I wanted to talk about <clears throat> is that this mummy that somebody had found and you posted pictures. Oh, yeah. That was cool. On the <laughs> that was cool. A two-headed, seven-foot mummy. It was a giant, yeah. That's amazing. It's pretty sweet. I mean, the thing is, is that it's like, if that's not a hoax, that has to be one of the greatest scientific finds. Yeah, you would think that somebody would, um, I don't know, investigate that or examine it somehow and do, you know, determine whether it's, you know, somebody made it or it's an actual... From Patagonia. Yeah, it's from Patagonia. I wonder if it was wearing Patagonia clothes. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> we should see if he see what brand he has um the one no, one news item i was so, i was so excited when i read this breaking news scientists reveal that mysterious and explosive signals are definitely coming from outer space mm. well if sig if if radio or microwave signals are coming from outer space wouldn't that be a safe assumption that those signals are coming from outer space. Well, yeah, from outer space. But, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but who's producing them? Well, That's the thing. Uh, re- reading the story here from ancientorigins.net, one of our favorite sites, is that a lot of people were saying, no, no, these these radio these signals these radio signals must be coming from some terrestrial source, what whatever. Because well, so the thing is, like bouncing off of something. You mean we are ta- we are talking about hyper intense hyper-concentrated, focused signals mm. beamed directly to Earth from some source out in space. Yeah. And you read the story here, mm. and it was just like, it's like packets of inf- information, you know, packets of information being beamed to Earth using radio waves or microwaves right. or whatever. Right. This is an exciting news item, but the thing is that it's definitely coming from outer space. And it could be like it could be a digital signal. Right. But now that they're coming out and they're saying, "Do you remember our conversation about Carl Sagan and contact?" Yeah, absolutely. This is a yeah. lot like that. It is. It is. I'm but curious. Nobody to knows see. how to interpret them. I mean, nobody knows how to interpret it yeah. yet. But well, the thing is is like if, but the thing is if they're <clears throat> beaming a signal to us, don't you think that maybe 
there's a codex for it lying around somewhere. Probably. I mean, if they're purposely sending signals to us. Maybe that's what the crop circles are. Well, that's that was another story. That was the next, that's that. the next story that we were going to bring up. Because the thing yeah. is, is that this interwines here with the story that you also brought up about a lot of people, a lot of scientists. Scientists claim crop circles are alien messages from the future. Right. That's something Jim was talking about a couple of weeks back. And that there's some kind of analog um, code in there. Based, based on, uh, I don't know, X's and O's, I guess. Or, yeah, there's something, I mean, you look, you look at these signals, and the, and the thing is, is that I think that these signals are, it's just extraordinary art. I mean, I would love to be able to... Um, well, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not, that there's not some message attached to it. I mean, as we know, art has a message attached to it. Of course. Anything that's good art does. <clears throat> So, you know, everything is mathematical in the universe. I think we, we know that. Um, it's just a matter of being able to interpret the equation, I guess. Yeah. You know? So. Uh, I, think it's, I, think it's, I think it's exciting. I think it's all... It is. It is. The thing is, is that, first of all, who, are, who is sending us these signals? Are they meant for us? Well, I would imagine. Well, I mean, who else would they be meant for? Right. Do we also want to touch upon another news item that you posted talking about um, uh, Nazi scientists had once upon a time mapped the inner earth? What, what well, is... I, I think that, yeah, I, th I think that's a show, though, actually. That's kind of why I put that on there. I think that's a, that's a possible show. Um, there's, there's a whole lot of stuff behind that. Yeah. Um, with you know there being a potential base there in in Antarctica and An there was actually base. a battle yeah. fought there supposedly allegedly yeah so I, I think that's a show that's right there, an exciting actually. show right yeah. there so let's let's kind of that's kind of yeah. why I put that on there just yeah. to I think the final you know, news item wet everybody's appetite wet everybody we're gonna, we're going to talk about the Nazis somebody calling no oh, I hear a beeping sound what's that over there on the side of your computer no on the screen next right there what's that Right here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's somebody else. It's somebody else giving us another show topic. So, oh, who is it? Uh, as a matter of fact, it's uh, it's my adopted sister Jenny. So, oh, okay. Hi, Jenny. Yeah, yeah. So, I think Jenny's sending us another another news item. But I think the fi one of the final news items that we want to get to before we take our break and uh, and uh, get to the the topic du jour is that um, they're, they're having a big, huge going-away ceremony for the Cassini probe that's orbiting around Saturn. And I think that, what, for the past, oh, what, 10 years, we've been, we've been following Cassini and all the images that we've been getting from Cassini, from, you know, Saturn and all the neighboring moons. And, and the Cassini probe has helped us rewrite a, a lot of the science behind planet, just planetary astronomy. And it's just like, I'm sad to see it go because... Is that a product of NASA? Or? It is. Yeah. NASA and JPL. Hmm. I wonder what the intention behind that yeah. was. I think it's sad. And I really I really wish that... Uh, Where's it going? They're going to plow it right into Saturn and um, and uh, take pictures and measurements all, along the way before before it disintegrates. I think I think it's sad. I think that it was... I would so like to see... So they're going to plunge it into the surface of Saturn? Well, there's not really much of a surface of Saturn. It's a gas giant. It's, well, I know, but it's a planet still. It's got some form. Yeah, you know? they're going to plow it in. They're going to they're going to see how long that they can take readings and mm -hmm. pictures, 
you know, they're, they're going to just keep beaming information to us. You know, we want, you know, and to see the con what 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 else is Saturn made of? And right when they do that, they're all going to stand up and yell, Oleg. <laughs> Oleg Cassini. <laughs> Bad joke, I guess. Who is Oleg Cassini? He's a designer. I know. Oh, oh. Yeah, I thought you were asking me. Oh, I mean, <laughs> no. Oleg Cassini is a is a. Uh, it was a prominent designer in yeah, in Walt's time. He's passed. Uh, not just my time. Yeah. Are you saying you ever heard of him? I have heard of oh, him. I okay. have some Oleg Cassini products no here doubt. in the house somewhere. No doubt. Some jeans or something. Some jeans with piping on them or something. Uh, not that I know of, but. My wife he, might have I think have he used something. to make those disco jeans. Like, really? Yeah. I don't have any of those disco jeans. With the, with the piping on them. Yeah. Are you sad to see Cassini go? Not really. Really? I, I didn't even really know about it. So. See, the thing is... You can't that's... miss something you didn't know about. So. Yeah. I, I, I just never investigated it, I guess, or something. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's been a good ride. I think it's been a fun ride for Cassini, and I'm sad to see it go. And I hope that they put something out there to replace it. Good things come to an end, Eric. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna take a break. We're gonna refuel on coffee, and then we're going to talk about secret NASA origins. And Walt's been dying to talk about this for months now. So stay tuned. Al Landrin is pioneering a brand new frontier of fandom and collecting, set decoration reproductions. Landrin Artifacts is the premier location to purchase wall reliefs that are inspired from the Temple Cave carvings seen in Raiders of the Lost Ark. His work also includes pedestals and stands for prop replicas. Al Landrin has several prints of his phenomenal artwork that's reminiscent of early H.R. Geiger's designs and traditional gothic horror images. When you see these products for the first time, you'll realize it's something you've always wanted, but can never express into words. Check out Landrin Artifacts, but be warned, after getting one, you'll have to have them all. Check out his webpage, LandrinArtifacts.com, or follow the link on our main page, TheFedoraChronicles.com. Are you recording now? We were recording, and now we are, are recording again. But I, one of the things I do want to just to, to call to everybody's attention is that, do you remember in the movie Alien, um, the the great, I can't, I'm trying to, re, um, um, Ridley Scott directed the movie Alien. Of course. And do you remember? One of my favorite movies. One of your favorite movies. And the thing is, is that there's, I mean, there's, it's not just a, a horror in space movie. It's not. 
it's not like a remake of the thing as it were where no. this is creatures no. coming after you and, and and stuff like that there's a lot going on there mm-hmm. it's not just a movie about an alien trying to kill it's everybody. even got some political implications actually um and the thing is, do you remember the scene when um um john hurt is having dinner with everybody just before they go back into hibernation absolutely and the thing is is that how, how would you forget and the thing is is that this thing burst out of his chest his chest right are you setting me up listen <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a setup for the uh for the alien that i just had removed from my face do you remember the Apparently. shock when you're when you saw that for the first time well it was weird because the, you know it was uh it was the same day kind of surgery, so I wasn't, um, I wasn't knocked out for it. I was, right. I was awake. Yeah. Because I was, I was anesthetized. Yeah. The, the sight was anesthetized, but I was fully conscious. So, so when the when the surgeon cut into my face, um, I heard this. The, you know the sound that the alien made when it came out of the guy's chest. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you can dredge that up out of your sound effects. I will. Thing. <laughs> Probably better than what we did. And it, it it ran down the it ran down my chest, past the nurses and, and ran through the doors and down the hallway. So yeah, so that, that little sucker's running around uh Cheshire Medical Center somewhere. <laughs> Probably lurking and, and feeding on uh Something. I don't know. <laughs> feeding, feeding on rodents and stuff. Maybe like it's that. down in the morgue, feeding on the <laughs> you know, nesting and somewhere to get to get to its next stage of. But but Walt walked in here morphification with these band aids on his face, and I didn't. And he walked in like, hey, what's up? And the thing is, I had that sort of like. <gasps> I told you, <laughs> you I didn't even to- though you completely shock you. With it, it. It's like the thing is, is it even you know. Because other kids told me about, hey, the scene in the cafeteria in mm-hmm. Aliens. I mean, even though I know it's coming, it's still a shock. Yeah. Well, I told my wife, um, she was in the waiting room waiting for me. I said, if you see a little alien running, <laughs> yeah. running through the waiting room, you'll know where it came from. And she did, actually. I, so the, right between her legs. So the thing is, is that because um, my youngest son had a similar issue where he had this tumorous or benign tumor in his in his arm right. and he was only four or five years mm-hmm. old where are all these weird tumors and cysts coming i don't from? know it just it's it developed over mine developed over a number of years it was probably five years i, I noticed it under my skin just a small it just felt like a lump there and then um, you know it didn't really do much and then all of a sudden it started getting bigger and bigger so they t- i went and they said yeah i probably should have taken it is it so, just me don't. but i just seem to hear more and more of these things occurring the nice part is i had um I kept it, and, and I'm having a piece of jewelry for my wife made out of it. <laughs> a nice cyst, cyst necklace. Give that an assist. She can wear it to the Sistine Chapel when we go. <laughs> but I do, I do want to say that there is something strange going on here with a lot of... Maybe. Maybe they're implant. Maybe it was an alien implant. I've know. just noticed these things just occurring a lot well, recently. All right. So. Anyway, let's get to our topic. NASA's secrets fooling around. or secret NASA origins. And Walt mm-hmm. has been dying to do this topic. Well, I don't know about dying. Let's, 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 He's been excited. Let's not overemphasize it, Eric. It's been a topic that I'm, I think is worthy of covering. Yeah. Because it segues into another topic, which we will get to next time, which is the secret space program. Which, yeah. Which to me is becoming more and more plausible. 
Yeah. As I do more and more research and hear more and more about it. So kind of kind of a pretty out there thing, which most people probably would uh, scoff at. But, yeah. But who knows? And I think that... But uh, it start, all starts with NASA. It all starts with NASA. Well, mm-hmm. no, actually, it goes back further. It does. It goes back further. Whenever you get Nazis, spies, espionage, anti-intelligence, counterintelligence, you know, James Bond stuff before James Bond, the whole thing with intrigue and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. you know that you have my attention. I have this image of men in trench coats and fedoras sneaking around corners on fog-laden streets in strange countries. And and you'd like to be one of them. I think I am one of them. Whenever it's foggy enough, I'm... Do you do that? Uh I walk. I go for walks in the middle of the night. With a trench coat and fedora? Just a long coat. It's a long wool coat. Okay. I didn't know that. And nothing else. No, I mean... That's that's more information than we need. (laughs) But the thing is, is is that there are times, because the thing is, is that sometimes we think that maybe we should call this podcast the Anunnaki connection and then now come on here <laughs> and then there are times now you, now you are over emphasizing and, and then there are times I think that you know there is the the paper operation paperclip connection um, you know because the thing well, is it's all is tied that, together that's a, it just that's keeps the, coming the up yeah. and yeah, the thing well, is it's all tied together is that you'll see that when we talk about NASA today. long before do you want me to start talking about Operation Paperclip for the first time. Well, let's, let's time get listeners. to that in, in a minute. Let's first of all, let's talk about the roots of NASA. Um, NASA, for the people who don't you know, NASA is um, an acronym for um, the National. No, is it National? Yeah, National Aeronautics and Space Agency. Yeah, um, which is where NASA is, comes from. Now, in its early days, some of the reporters covering it uh, deemed it never a straight answer. That was their <laughs> that was their interpretation of what NASA yes. stood for, because that sort of was the beginning of the secrecy attached to yeah. to NASA. Now, you know, on the surface, we think of NASA as kind of an all American agency, yeah, where you have these clean cut, crew cutted. Um, you think John Glenn, American heroes, you know, that went up into space, and you know, we can all wave the flag and say how wonderful we are, space and, cowboys, and, and all those good things. Yeah, which, which to some extent is true. Mm-hmm. However, there's a lot more to it than that. That's just sort of the surface part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, it, it actually started with another agency. Um, and I have that here somewhere. Uh, it was the NACA. It was, this is back in the 30s now. Uh, it was headed up by our old friend Anniver. I think that's how you say his name, Anniver Bush. Yep. Um, and where where do we know his name from, Eric? Aside what the from, Bush family? Well, no, no he, I'm not sure that he's part of the Bush family. There's there's no real true connection to him. That you know. Although of. it's it's hard to imagine that that he's not some kind of sure. cousin or something. Sure. But, uh, where do we know his name from, Eric? Can you can you judge that up? You, what what the was bo- he connected to? What was he connected to? Yeah. Um, I mean, these guys are all connected somehow. Well, he wasn't connected to the Nazis, was he? Well, not not directly, maybe, but maybe indirectly. Um, he was he was on um, supposedly on MJ twelve. Oh, okay, okay. Majestic that 12. bush, that bush from That's Majestic the bush. twelve. Yes, right. he was one of the guys that was on that. You want to refresh 
our listeners on what that was? Well, MJ twelve um, or Majestic twelve was 12, a was yeah. a was a clandestine program within the CIA. I think that there is a great movie out there that's it's half parody and half truth called the men who stare at goats people mm-hmm. who are trying to mm-hmm. tap into there was a there was a section of the cia that was trying to believe it or not was it the cia was, was it connected to the, it was connected to the cia i didn't know that well it depends on who you ask who was well it was supposedly formed by truman yeah after the uh, roswell incident the, the, to, to try and um get that whole thing under control the, the, the best thing to the best way to describe it is imagine a bunch of um gung-ho gi joes trying to weaponize the paranormal and recruiting all of these people who are trying to oh well you're talking about the man who stared at goats or yeah i mean the in the entire <clears throat> notion of trying to use the paranormal was like that mj12 it's part it was a it was a part of mj12 oh, i guess i never but, saw that movie so i don't know i mean i mean just imagine a secret organization sort of like the like 12 guys who were who are cosplaying the x-files back in the 40s and 50s and early 60s just these guys who are just mm-hmm. turning over every rock looking into strange things the strange and unknown and the unexplained and trying to weaponize it for America's fight against communism right, and world right, domination. Right. Well, MJ-12 is not really um, documented per se. It's, it's, there's it's, a lot of documents that have come out that a yeah, lot of people have yeah. said. Um, there's, there's a, there, there was a, a UF, UFO, UFOlogist who received uh, a microfish back in... The 80s sometimes, I think that was supposedly a document that um, kind of verified the existence of MJ-12. Yeah. Um, so I think it probably did exist. It was just really covert and yep. well hidden. Um, another guy that was on that was uh, Admiral Forrestal. Yes. Who supposedly was going to come out with a disclosure and, and he ended up tripping and falling out of his hotel window, oddly enough. Yeah, hotel or hospital window. Right. Well, yeah, I, I think you, yeah, you you could because be right. the thing he is, was, he was committed. For, he was um, committed because he was talking some he was crazy m- stuff. Unstable, and, yeah. and he was and going. He, he was to, he was going to release everything. Yeah, he happened to trip and fall out of his window. Which, right, which is a little. If odd. you if you look if you look at Forrestal, <clears throat> um, he is really sort of like the uh, the granddaddy of all twentieth century um, conspiracy theories. Yeah. Yeah, and and he was uh, he was supposedly on this MJ12 at yeah. some point. It was one of the original members anyway. Yeah. Um, so so Vannevar Bush was part of that apparently, and also was the head of this um, aeronautical company. Um, and he he was he was pretty heavily connected to a lot of government things, a lot of government agencies and things. Yeah. Um, but he he was really the progenitor of, of NASA. And he got together with this guy. Um, he was he was an MIT mm-hmm. scientist. And, and they actually developed the first analog computer, which which was he, yes. he was apparently a really smart guy. Mm-hmm. Bush. And and what Wait, they were trying are, to do are we is talking like, about the first analog computer here in the United States, or are uh, we talking? I think so. Yeah. Okay, because the thing um, is, is that the 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 Britons create the British created one of the very, if not the very first computer that was used to try and hack the code associated with the Enigma machine um, that the Nazis. Is that what they called it? Yeah, Colossus. Oh yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah. Um, so so this was. Um, 
it was called a differential analyzer. Okay, yeah. Have you heard of that? I have. Yeah. And um, he he got together with this, with this guy, Dr. Menzel from MIT. Yeah. And, and what they were really trying to do is they were trying to simulate um, star patterns and and planet patterns yes. in the future mm-hmm. for future launches and things like mm-hmm. that. So that was like the very beginning of that. And that has a lot of significance later on when we get pretty f- further into the discussion of, yeah. of what NASA's really, what they were really trying to right. do, I think. Um, so, so right around the time that Kennedy took over, um, I think Va- I think Bush, Vannevar Bush at that time had stepped aside, mm-hmm. and there was another guy that was running what would was the beginning of NASA. Yeah, and and they contracted the Brookings Institute, um, which was a think tank mm-hmm. in, in Washington D.C., and they did a study which which pretty much I think the whole non disclosure policy is probably based on. Yes, um, and that had. The whole thing about state secrets, as it were. Well, it, it it's its purpose was really to determine, although the title of it really doesn't say that. Um, it was called the peaceful study of the implausibility of space um, activation for some kind for human affairs. Um, so that's kind of a kind of a cryptic title. What what they were really doing was studying um, what the implications of finding remnants of alien civilizations on other planets would be on the human population. Why would you possibly spend any time thinking about that back in when was this again? this was in probably around the time kennedy got elected maybe a little bit before that but i think right around 1960 why would why would anybody besides somebody say uh, i don't know isaac asimov or robert Heinlein, mm. name any of the of the great science fiction authors of of the past 50 years. Why would anybody spend any time it's thinking It's a good question. You have to ask including, yourself that including question. Well, why were gov- they even thinking along those Why lines? would a government agency be wasting their time thinking right. about that? Huh. Well, let's talk about that. Why, why do you think that was? Why, why do you think they would have um, commissioned this, this report from the, the Brookings Institute is a pretty renowned think tank. You know, a lot of like really smart people are. Actually, Margaret Mead the noted what was she an anthropologist i think right she was on the on the commission at, at that point so do you ever have one of those smart moments? lady do you, you ever know? have one of those moments when you somebody says something to you and they drop a bombshell and you have to like you have to stop and, and digest what they just said I'm, I'm wondering how many of our listeners are having that moment right now well Whereas you have to ask yourself the that. Brooking I mean, institute right. did a study on on what would have happened to the American society or the global society as a whole mm-hmm. if there was disclosure there that there were alien artifacts on the moon or Mars or Venus or other? Why the hell would they spend time thinking about that? Well, and, and they, the conclusion that they came up with is that they said that it would have a diabolical effect on, on civilization. 
everything would be turned upside down. Well, that's what the conclusion they came up with. You know, the thing so is, what th does that lead to? That leads to whoever gets this report looking at it and saying, well, okay, I guess we can't tell, tell the masses about whatever we find, right? Isn't that the logical conclusion you would the draw from that? Okay, the logical conclusion where I come from is that they've known for a long time that there are strange artifacts out there where you can talk about in Earth orbit, we're talking about the Black Knight, we're talking about the face on Mars mm -hmm. that one of the Mariner mm -hmm. probes found. Mm -hmm. We're talking about apparently cities built right. on the surface of the, of the moon on the far side. Right. We're, you know, bases. Bases. There's bases there, yeah. There's actually pictures of some that I've seen. Yeah. So, getting back to to the roots of NASA. So, so this um, agency is being formed, or, or maybe reformed, I guess. Um, it's under the auspices of the Department of Defense. Uh, by the way, just backing up a little bit, do you know what the uh, 2018 budget for, for NASA is? Have you looked that up? I did. What is it? $19.1 billion. What are they spending that money uh, on? That's what I would like to know. Where, where's that going? What are they doing with it? You know, I... I don't know. That's hard to say. That that kind of is going to segue into um, into what we're going to talk about ne the, next time, the secret space program. I think. But because the thing is, is that one of the things that I've I have asked time and time again is that it's been how old am I? I'm forty seven. Okay, I was born the same week that Armstrong and Aldrin landed on the moon. A moon child. Um. Yeah. And the thing is, is, I mean, how come we're not, how come we are not spending more time on civilian space flight? How come we do not have factories in space? How come we are not plucking asteroids that are, that are whizzing by the planet Earth, capturing them? I don't know what they're doing. What are, what are they doing with all that money? That's what, what I mean, the hell are billion they dollars is, that's a lot of money. I mean, it's a lot of cash, you know, where's that going? Do they have... I'm not sure that they still are really um, under the under the umbrella of the Defense Department. They may be theoretically, but I'm not sure that the Defense Department really regulates what they. Maybe maybe if it's only a certain category of like um, munitions or something like that. You know, I, I don't know. I, and then I, we I also, really don't know enough about it. Now, is this also? I know it's a lot of money. Is this also folded into the? Um, can the X-32B space plane or whatever it is from know, the Air I don't, Force. I don't know what that is. Where we, we, it's the secret space shuttle that the Air Force has. Oh. It's an, well, it's an, that might be part of the next show we do, the secret space program, because it gets into that whole thing, that whole realm of, of what, you know, what's being done that we don't know about. You know, that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking. But anyway, getting back to the, to, to the formation of NASA and where it's, where 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 it sort of came from, I guess, or where what it evolved from. There were there were three factions that really fed into NASA. Um, there were uh, pretty clearly the the scientists from from Operation Paperclip. Yes, right? you want to talk a little bit about that for the people who haven't listened to if the if, this is, if this is the first of, episode where that comes from of the metaphysical connection that you've listened to. There was a program um, 
channeled through the OSS, which is a precursor of the CIA, where we snatched up Nazi scientists, including mm-hmm. Werner von Braun. Werner von Braun is going to play heavily into later on in this podcast. Mm-hmm. We snatched up these Nazi scientists and the CIA um, or the OSS went behind Harry Truman's back and went behind um, many of our allies' back and part of the agreement at Nuremberg that no Nazi heads would ever play a role in in, in politics mm-hmm. or science, these people mm-hmm. are, we're supposed to be persona non grata. And part of Operation Paperclip was and to sanitize. And I think Vannevar Bush was involved in that. Yeah. He, he was one of the ones that sort of got these guys in, knowing that. Knowing you know, full if, well. If we didn't get them, the Russians were going to get them. Exactly. And the Russians did get a lot of German scientists. They, they, got, they got their share. And the right. Britons got their share mm-hmm. as well. They got some, yeah. And these these people were, you know, pulled, were brought into these secret... Um, these just these secret bases, or I don't even know what you would call them, these secret outposts out in the middle of the desert in New Mexico and Nevada, Area Fifty One. Anybody? Mm-hmm. And we're just they were just put to work with the understanding of if you don't do what we tell you to do, you, we will probably execute you or send you back to the Soviet Union. And these people worked very, very hard, and they slowly were integrated into American society. Werner mm-hmm. von Braun, whose entire Nazi uh, past with the SS, he was a member of the SS. Right. Every everything about him was expunged, and he became an American celebrity. Right. He got in with Disney, actually. I, he, I remember. I remember seeing a movie. Um, it's called Man in Space or something like that. When yeah. I was in high school, and it was a Disney movie, and Disney was in it with Werner von Braun, and they were like and slapping each other on the back and stuff. Yeah, it was talking pretty, about the future that right. we have to look forward to. And this is a guy that was an ex. He was SS. You know, I mean, SS yeah. is, and, and that's going to come into the discussion because all three of these factions really um, were rooted in the same yeah. uh, philosophy, so to speak. Yeah, anybody that knows anything about the SS, they they were cult based. Yeah, I mean, they they were their whole organization was based on the idea that the occult gave power to things, and you and using occult premises gave power to things. They they were really a, an offshoot or a derivation of the Teutonic Knights. Um, which which was an ancient German feudal organization that kind of morphed into the into the SS in World War II, but they're all occult based. Sweet Jesus, using, yeah. using occult um, practices and yeah. ritual and those kinds of things. Uh, I imagine the SS got together and had some some pretty funky dagger parties and, or and, something. You and, know. and I'm going Who knows what they and, did. And I, I, and I am going to say that there is there is a point when. One of my favorite movies of all time, Raiders of the Lost Ark, is is like one quarter documentary because it really they is. were they really were is. the Nazis were really looking for all sorts of strange well, totally. artifacts. Absolutely, they were that yeah, were they out had there. A, they had a definitely had a uh, a program for it, yeah. for looking for whatever they could find, you know, that had some occult significance. And they spent a lot. And, of And cabbage. this goes way back. I mean, this this goes way, way, way back. Um, into history 
Uh, actually, it goes all the way back to to really to Egypt, mm-hmm. and then um, there's a lot of thinking that the the ritualistic occult practices in Egypt stemmed from Atlantis, yeah, which in fact was an offshoot of the of the here it is ring your bell Eric the Anunnaki there you go the Anunnaki, uh, the, the Anunnaki practices so so it goes way 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 back in civilization and and all of these three um, groups that that fed into the NASA um, premise were were all basically based in occult practices the Nazis yep. were one um, another group is um, now this is this is kind of an interesting sideline. There was a guy named John Whiteside Parsons. Parsons, mm-hmm. you've heard of him, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Better known as Jack Parsons, mm-hmm. um, who was um, a magician. He was he was I think basically a black magician. He yeah. practiced ritual, um, occult ritual. Mm-hmm. He was a disciple of Aleister Crowley, who who was um, one of the he didn't he call himself like the one of the most evil men in the world or something like <laughs> yes. that. He, he had some kind of moniker for himself, and, and he might have been sort of tongue in cheek too. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, Parsons was in charge of his um, Los Angeles. It wasn't really a church; it was kind of a, a temple like. Yeah. So Parsons was was one of the main guys in charge of that, um, but he was also um, a really smart. Mm-hmm. Um, scientist mm-hmm. although he, he oddly enough he wasn't he didn't even have formal education i mean i don't think he went to like mit or anywhere right. like that but um he was a brilliant chemist and, and he worked for this group called uh the jet propulsion laboratory and everybody's and, heard of jpl yeah um oddly enough it's jpl is considered a, a private company however the only contract they have is with nasa so, sure so you can sure. figure that out for yourself uh, so he got tied in with all of this occult stuff while he was while he was developing. He 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 developed many of the um, rocket innovations that led to mm-hmm. us eventually yeah. using it in the Apollo program. So he he was a big factor in that. Uh, but but as a kind of a sideline, he got tied in with um, uh, L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah, they they were they were kind of. Um, they, they got involved with in a lot of ritualistic sex and orgies and things like that. And L. Ron Hubbard eventually went on to form the Church Scientology. of Scientology. Yeah, um, that's some weird stuff. Which is some weird stuff. That's a show still, in it's itself. It's still around. Yeah, it is. So we don't get too far into this. But yeah. but but they were into some, some pretty bizarre things. Right. And, and while this was all going on, they were, or Jack Parsons anyway, was working on these rocket innovations, and which was really amping up what NASA was working toward, yeah. which was the Apollo program. Now, the third group, um, which is also an occult-based group, in my opinion, mm-hmm. some people may may differ with, with me on that, um, was, was the Masons, the Freemasons. Right, right. Was the, more specifically, the Scottish Rite Freemasons. We need to get um, um, Doug Palumbo in here to talk about that. In the, is, is, in the that his, is that his... Is that what he's in? Is yeah, he's Scottish, right? I think he's 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 in the Masons. He, well, he, I know he's he in the knows, Masons. He knows a lot about it, right? He, so, so now you have three groups feeding into NASA. Um, now, when when Kennedy took over as president, he he appointed a new director of NASA. His name was his name was James Webb. 
Right. Um, he was a 33-degree Mason, which, which is the highest you can get in the Masonic. That's what James Cameron is. And yeah. when, you, when you start looking at the Masons, they, you know, they have a lot of influence over a lot of things. Right. American history, for one. George mm -hmm. Washington was a Mason, and there was a whole series of presidents that were Masons. And, um, you know, it's, it's a thread that runs very deeply through, yeah. through American history. And into NASA, mm -hmm. um, I don't. I forget the number of um, astronauts that were Masons. There was okay. a good, goodly number of them. Okay. Um, and I actually have a diagram. I don't know if you can reproduce it. It's from Mike Barra's book on of secret course. societies. Sure. Which is, he, he's got a really uh, definitive section on NASA, and which is which is yeah. where I drew some of this material from. Yeah. Uh, and then the then the real, I think, definitive book on on NASA's agenda is uh, NASA's Dark Mission, which, which he co-wrote with Richard C. Hoagland, which is, yeah. which is a really good book, too. Mm -hmm. so, so we had to put those on the website. As, well, yep, as, they're, they're as going to be on the, on the show page. Um, so you have these, these three groups that are basically all occult-based gr groups yeah. that are now running NASA, mm -hmm. you know, at, least, at least from an operational yeah. point of view. Yeah. So, so now we get to the point where NASA... Is is moving toward reaching out into space. You know, they start out with um, the first manned mission, um, and then they had uh, John Glenn, who, who was just buried the other day. Yeah, did, was the first one to orbit, right? Isn't that what he did? Or? I think he's yeah. I think he's the first American to orbit the Earth. Yeah, I think he. I think he I was. Think that's what his role was. And then they gradually worked yes. their way up into into the Apollo missions. Um, but but if you go back to the roots of NASA and and the, the occult part of it, if you think about, just look at the patch that they used. Right. Um, it has a picture of Orion on it. Right. Um, and the, the, the three gods that um, were, they were essentially Egyptian gods. There was Osiris, Horus, and I forget what the third one is. Uh, help me out here, Eric. No, Good suffer. <laughs> I like watching you sweat. <laughs> no, okay, I'll find it anyway. Um, essentially, they, they, were, they were three Egyptian gods, um, and, and they play heavily into sort of the cosmology of NASA. Okay. A lot of the, a lot of the space shuttles and things, and, and the, they, were, they were all sort of named after gods. Uh, you know, that was in that hierarchy. What, the Challenger? Right? Well, like Gemini and... Oh, and, and right, those, right. Those kinds of things. Apollo, the Apollo yes. mission. They, you know, they were all gods. Mercury, that, Mercury, Mercury Apollo. Right, right. They, were, they were all gods that, that fit into that, you know, that yeah. sort of god structure that you yeah. know, that came from Egypt, really, um, and, and went into Rome and Greece and just worked uh, sure, down the line. Sure, sure. And they were all... You know, those original gods like Horus and Isis, they were all originally, originally Anunnaki. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then Marduk, who, who was um, one of the progenitors of, of, mm. of Egypt, yeah. e Egypt's gods, um, was, was, an, was a son of one of the original Anunnaki. Okay. So, so there's a lot of Anunnaki, there's a lot Egyptian of Anunnaki stuff going on connection yeah. that's connected to NASA. Um, it wasn't just sort of random 
choice that they just chose these names because they were. There's a reason yeah, behind were, it all. There, there is. There's, there's, a, there's a reason behind it. And there's even a bigger reason behind it, really, which I think we'll get to. So, so now the program begins to evolve. And, you know, Kennedy's goal, I think he said he wanted to be on the moon by 1970. Yeah. Really by the end of the decade. And, he, and they got it. They yeah. got there. Um, I think it was 1970. What? What? When was the actual first moon landing? Was it? 19- July 20th, 1969. Right. So they, so they pretty much nailed it. Three days before I was born. Right. Right. So um, you have to ask yourself what caused all, you know, what caused this progression to happen? How did they, how did they do all that stuff? Okay. If, now, this is the official history of NASA. Right. right. The official is that it was a response to Sputnik because the, the Russians pretty much ate our lunch right in front of us mm-hmm. and had a put had our had our pudding snack that we were planning on having you know for the afternoon snack as well right um and the thing is is that sort of like under dwight eisenhower he had dwight had said we can't stand for this we cannot in this we we can't tolerate this we cannot allow america to fall behind the soviets in 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 the race for space so they gathered together a group of people, the astronauts, and with the understanding that we were going to try and put men into space, right. and we were going to put our own. Like there was the Vanguard program, which is which is before um, Mercury, Gemini, Apollo. Which the Vanguard program was to pull, just launch a freaking rocket, just launch a rocket and see what happens. And we had a string of failures. Mm-hmm. It was almost a point to where it was a joke. Every rocket launch was was a disaster until one day somebody said, let's get our crap together here, bring in all of these people. Instead of having an agency here, an agency there, an agency there, let's put everybody all together into one. Let's all freaking work together. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that we were competing with the Soviets. We, I mean, there were really only two space races uh, contestants in the space race there's the soviets and the americans and we were constantly competing each other every time that america did something the russians tried to do it well, here, better here's another interesting sideline that kennedy actually advocated for russians and, and americans to, to work, work together to work together with a you know a, a kind of cooperative effort to to further this whole program and i think after he gave that speech two weeks later he was dead um, I'm trying to think because didn't Kennedy, I'm trying to think, didn't Kennedy. Well, it wasn't too that? long after he was. Dead. It wasn't too long. I'm afterwards. not sure it was two weeks, but it was a pretty, might've been two months. I don't know. It was, it was, I think it was a little pretty, longer pre- than that, pretty so quickly. Far. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You better look that up. Here. I will. I will look it up. Yeah. I could be wrong about the time frame, but there's a lot of things that led to Kennedy's assassination. Well, that's true, and we've covered that ground, so we don't necessarily need yes. to go there. But it's, I think it's a little more than coincidental. I mean, the whole thing with the Executive Order One 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 Zero, when he was going to audit the Fed mm-hmm. and see what what was but, going but on. See, that those that kind doors. of ties in with the next level of this. Okay, going back to what the what the Brookings um, Institute found or, or weighed in on. Um, Does NASA, in fact, have some knowledge of or had some knowledge of of ancient artifacts on A, the moon or B, Mars? And was the um, Apollo mission on the surface, surface, it was just 
let's get to the moon and collect some rocks and plant a flag and, well, and run around and hit a golf ball. But was there really more to that? Well, depends on who we're asking. <laughs> right. What's the difference? What's what is the because the official story is mm -hmm. behind landing on the moon. Right. It was, first of all, to beat the Russians and to send the message to the rest of the world. Hey, listen, if we could put a rocket on the moon with relative ease, we could put a missile in your backyard and not even think twice about it. That was part of it. That well, was part, of, part it. of it. That but, was part but, of it. But here's another aspect of it. What, what if they really did have knowledge of, of ancient civilizations being on the moon and artifacts being there and war Mars and, and they knew that if the Russians got there first or, or somebody else, anybody else, Russians would have been most likely at that point. What, what would they do with that? They would no. exploit that technology that they found with the knowledge. And, and or divulge it to the world. And what would happen then? Let's just stop <clears throat> here for a second and let's talk about this again. Okay. Okay. Because this is a huge pet peeve of mine. And this is something that also we have talked about in countless other episodes of the Metaphysical Connection. What the funk are they so afraid of when it comes to disclosure? Other than the fact that there is the illusion. I mean, people that I've known all my life have this illusion that um, Washington, D.C. is the supreme authority of the universe. All power, the, the original Federalists she would be proud of seeing how um, centralized power, everything revolves around centralized power in Washington. People believe that mankind is the most powerful supreme being in the universe. We are the top top of the heap. We are on the top of the food chain. Mm -hmm. If suddenly it turned out that there was a higher authority out there or there were somebody who were smarter and cleverer than us, I think that a lot of people would not be looking for Washington, D.C. for all of their answers. They would be looking well, for maybe. more. I, I, think, I think, too, that it's, it's, um, it's a philosophical thing where you have to say, can, can people, are people really able to handle this knowledge? You know, what would happen to all of our, all of our societal structures? You know, w would religion break down? Would, you know, would governments break down? Would, you know, and I think that's maybe a larger issue that's what the brookings institute was was saying i think so i think what nasa's intention was was to get there first to keep that knowledge under wraps without having that get to get out or, or and or to use it to you know to our is that benefit, what, but i mean, I mean so to speak, is, which I mean, I think is happening I mean, now i mean for me for <clears throat> me that's evil for me well that's your viewpoint to I mean, to I'm, I'm not sure that um some people don't say well you know People just aren't ready for that. They just don't have the wherewithal, or they, you know, they don't have enough of a wide. A, they don't have a wide enough viewpoint to be able to accept that. You know, what, what if somebody came along and and totally blew um, the the premise for all religions out of the water, so that people no longer had that as their thing to hang on to. You know, and that's really what religion is. It's a it's a safety net. 
in some sense. We have tens of thousands. We have, we have thousands of people who are fighting over this little piece of land in the Mediterranean. Well, I, I know that. I know that. And it, as absurd as that is, it's still the premise of religion is that, you know, our God or our our religion is is the one. Our, and yours is, our, is not. Our God has chosen us to be the chosen right. people. Exactly. And the thing and is, you can is pick that, the religion. It's all basically the same thing. So, so what if all of that was was negated by this knowledge? You know, you, you have to think about well, that. I mean, that does have some validity. Well, to I it. well I have a bias. Well, okay. And and I honestly, because the thing is, is that. I don't want to live in, I don't want to live in BS. I don't want to live. I want, what is, what is the truth, Walt? What is the the truth is that we don't know the truth. (laughs) That's the only truth. I think, I think the truth is, is well, and, and the thing is, is it, what right do you have to keep me from the truth? Well, especially when we're spending, when I say we, I'm talking about the American people spending 19 million billion dollars a year. Shouldn't we have some insight into where that money's going and what, what it's being used for? I, I don't know what NASA's doing. Do you? Do you know what they're doing? They don't have any like um, monthly updates on what their, you know, what their program is and why they're doing this. Well, they, doing well hey, they have a website and you can follow it, Walt, if you want to. You can, well, you know. Okay. I'm say, it, I say looked that, at it? I, I, I say that sarcastically. Does, does, it, does I mean, it tell you on there what they're what, doing? From what I <clears> see... From what I see, what NASA is doing, I don't. I don't see. I don't see how much nineteen billion dollars. Nineteen billion worth, point one. Nineteen point one billion dollars. I'm not seeing nineteen point one billion dollars worth of of, of of who could do going on. I, I know. You'd think we would. Uh, you know. Here's here's another interesting fact that, that you have to kind of take into consideration. How much has um, let's let's just take computers. There's there's a lot of things you could point out, but let's just take computers. How, how much have computers progressed in the last, say, ten years? Oh my God! Or even twenty years. My cell phone is a hundred or thousand times more powerful than the first PC I had back in 1996. Okay, well there you go. Okay, so so let's take a look at a big a big part of the NASA thing is is the propulsion systems, right? Yeah. What are they using as propulsion systems still? The same thing. Hydrogen, oxygen, chemical reactions. It's, it's a basically, it's a contained bomb, basically, is yeah. what it is. Well, that whole thing has flatlined. There's been no progress, at least that we know of, in the propulsion system. It's all Maybe the same. Maybe they've defined it a little it's bit. All, it's all the same. But it's the same since, what, 1960, basically, or when they started earlier, launching rockets. Earlier. Maybe earlier, when they started doing the tests. When we were talking, I mean, <clears throat> so if we're talking... How, how could that be? Hold on a second. Back up here for a second. Yeah. It goes back even further than the 60s. It goes back even to the, the 30s and 40s. Well, right. With, when, they, with the, when the Nazis were building rockets to to flatten um Well, the V2 London. rockets yeah. and stuff, yeah. That, that's what the progenitor of all this right. kind of stuff was which is why the, when the nazi scientists came over they had all that yeah. pre-knowledge of all those things but but going back to to the propulsion system how how could that be that we have not developed a better propulsion system at this point with all the progress we've made in it's still the same in, in all the other it's areas still, well we're still so, dr- so why is that we're still driving around in in cars that are that are 
fueled by you know the, the internal combustion gasoline right. engine right. or the diesel engine right. mm-hmm. you know that's that, well that's i mean that's uh, that's also well mm-hmm. that really hasn't flat flat line because now we have something like the prius where you can plug in oh your, yeah but that's a small step you can you can plug in your electric car and and the, i don't think prius isn't even all electric it's i think a it's, hybrid yeah. it's a mixture anyway but but where is where is that technology there's, there has to have been some improvements in propulsion. Whether, they I keep, mean, the Nazis were working on, on anti-gravity propulsion back in the 40s. If, the everything, 30s, if 40s. everything that we've heard is well, to be believed, then yeah, they were working on anti-gravity. Right, and what happened to that knowledge that those scientists had to have brought some of that over here? Operation Paperclip. Yeah, where, where is that knowledge? All that knowledge is hiding in some secret facility somewhere. Well, I think it's hiding in a, in a, in a program that we don't know about called the secret space program i think that's where that is but we're gonna that, that you know that's a topic of another show that's going to be our next show but um so you have to ask yourself what what's going on with that you know what why are we still using basically pretty primitive propulsion to to get to get our the our one thing the one the thing earth. that you can say is that they keep refining the hydrogen oxygen well yeah but it's a minor tweak they keep t- well yeah yeah i mean they keep tweaking that propulsion system. Right, right. They're not and they, developing and anything new. They just keep getting better and better at doing right. the same thing mm-hmm. over and over again. I mean, if, they have, if they do have anti-gravity technology, which I think they do, um, why aren't they using that? How do you know that they're not? If well, it's a, well if that's, it's, that's, a, that's a rhetorical if, question. If it's a secret space program, Walt, I yeah, mean... Yeah, well, okay. Well, we're going to get to that. But let's let's get back for a minute to the to the Apollo program. Um, how many Apollo missions were there? Thirteen? Was it thirteen or? How many? Because the thing I is, know, I'm asking is that you to dredge up something that I didn't. Because the thing is, that. is that first there was Apollo eleven with the with a with a internal capsule fire that killed the three astronauts. Yeah. And then so that from Apollo two through seven, I think were canceled or put on hold. And then there was Apollo eight, which orbited the, the, the moon. And there was from eight to 11 that it actually landed 12, on the moon. You know, 11 landed on them. So, so eight, so eight through 10 mm-hmm. was just, you know, circling, circling around the block around right, the moon. Right, getting ready Apollo, to Apollo, Apollo 11 was a moon landing. Apollo mm-hmm. 12 was a moon landing. Apollo 13 there's a couple of Apollos missing. There's a couple, and I know that we've talked about this. Right, but the but the um, the point I'm trying to make, I guess, is that I think there was an agenda above and beyond just landing on the moon. Right, um, and and some of the astronauts have sort of talked about it. Um, Edgar Mitchell was one of them. Yeah. He, he just died not too long ago, um, but. And, and then you then you get into the whole thing with, um, you know, there, there's that whole movement that says we really didn't go to the moon, which I think is bullshit. Which I don't think is true. I don't. I don't. I think we did go to the moon, but I think we had a larger agenda than just picking up picking rocks up some rocks and walking and, around and a little dust. bit and then coming back. Um, I think that I think the true covert mission was to to um, look for for signs of. Alien civilization and technology. We also have to realize that w- with a lot of these people who are saying that we faked the moon landings, mm-hmm. the thing is, is that the Russians were tracking the, the Apollo 11. And I mean, I mean, 
there's all sorts of technology that was focused on Apollo 11 mm -hmm. and, and tracking its progress and making sure that, yes, they actually did what they said that they did. Right. And I think that a lot of people are saying we never landed on the moon. I think they have. I think they have a different agenda. But I, I, I don't know. I, and I don't agree with that anyway. But um, there is some some thinking about that. But um, I, I think what happened is I think we only saw. This is conjecture on my part. Yeah. I think I think we only saw a small part of what the astronauts actually did on the moon. Um, and and something that sort of substantiates that is the fact that when the astronauts came back. They were they were debriefed. Yes. However, the debriefing was more than a debriefing. Um, they had a thing called blank slating, where, mm -hmm. where they where their memories was were actually erased. The really? Memory. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's been sort of verified. I have not heard that. Not heard that. Well, it's good. There's a term, blank slating, and and Mitchell says that he does not remember a lot of what he did on the moon. He said that before he died. There was actually a, a scientist who was part of the debriefing team that um, somebody was talking to at a, at a like a cocktail party, and she said that yes, I was part of that team, but even I don't remember what what we talked about. That's messed up. So so their memories were erased, and 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 Mitchell pretty much said that, and some of the other ones alluded to that too, that they only remembered certain part portions of their. Of their time on the you got to admit that is really scary and that's really creepy. Well, what were they doing? Why? Why were they? Why was that? You know, the CIA is, you know, they're good at that kind of stuff. They've been working on that for a long time. Is um, actually Mitchell. Here's another interesting point. Mitchell went under hypnosis for 40 hours um, by a trained hypnotist um, that was a friend of his, and he was not able to remember anything. Basically, essentially, almost nothing that that happened on the moon. Now, this is under hypnosis, so so that's kind of interesting when you think about it, and disturbing at the same time. So there. So could, what were they doing? So there could so, from what I understand here, and let's back because one of the things a lot of the lunar conspiracists that I agree with. Mm -hmm. Is that there may have been more missions to the moon that we're aware of? There's the well, that's possible. There's a, the alleged Apollo 19 and Apollo 20, mm -hmm. where they actually went and they brought back some artifacts. And, right. and allegedly, mm -hmm. Apollo 20 was a program with the Soviets and the Americans to bring back some alien artifacts and maybe an alien corpse or whatever. Um. And I'm going to have a link to that on our homepage. Okay, I, don't, I have not heard about. We that, should. But. I should actually show you the. Yeah. Um, what disturbs me is that we have this issue with deficit spending. We have. We are spending money faster than we can recoup it. We so have. Then we can print it. <laughs> ex well, exactly. And the thing is, is that that gets into the whole issue of fiat currency. Well, yeah. We have yeah. a show yeah. about the Federal Reserve and right. what is fiat currency. Right. If you want to know more about that, you can refer to episode episode whatever. whatever. Yeah. And, the, and it's all on it. Go to metaphysicalpodcast.com mm -hmm. and literally all the podcasts that we have ever done under the banner Metaphysical Connection is there. Right. And just look up the Federal Reserve. Um, the issue that I have is that I'm a huge space enthusiast. I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. obviously, it's one of the things that we focus on on the Fedora Chronicles is space exploration. 
we're paying all this money for space exploration. They have uncovered incredible things that are beyond our imagination. Well, conjecture-wise, yeah. Conjecture-wise. But but we don't know about it? I'm paying for this expedition, and I'm not allowed to see the fruits of their labor? How is, I mean, I I mean, fair does not exist as a term of art. It all comes under the banner of national security somehow. Again, I don't the know thing how is, they do that. Because the thing really, is, is that we're not just talk- anything they don't want us to know. It's it's national security. That's what it comes down to. You know? But the thing is, we're not talking about America. We're not talking about national security here. We are talking about perpetuating. Well, you say that, and I bullshit. say that, but they they say otherwise. So they have the trump card. <laughs> no pun intended. But, or pun intended. Yeah. Um, but the 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 bigger the big issue is why is this stuff being withheld from us and. How much better could our society function if if these things were available to us? Because we look you know, that's that's, that, that's more important the to issue, me than anything. The issue that I have had with education is that we are told that the things that we see in science fiction is impossible. It can't ever happen. We can never you will never be able to travel to another planet in your lifetime. And it turns out there are people who are under the guise of the secret space program who are going back and forth to a marine base on Mars mm-hmm. for all we know. Mm-hmm. Because apparently somebody has come forward and said that he was a Marine serving as a guard on this American base that we have on Mars. If that is true, if it's true, then heads are going, the heads have to roll. If it's not true, what the, what are they doing with these billion, 19.1 billion dollars? That's a good question. I, 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 I would like to know. I'd like to know because that's a lot of money. I mean, for one you could, year, you could do a lot with 19 for billion dollars. one year. Right. How many college educations could you fund with that, you know, for kids that can't afford to go to college? Right? Right, Jesus, Walt. But that would actually improve society, so, you know, we don't want to do that. We don't want, we don't want smart, educated no, people we don't, asking No, we certainly don't questions. want that. We don't want that. We want people that are just in lockstep. And, you know, how do you, how do you find that stuff out? I don't know. How do you find out where that $19 billion goes? I don't know. Are there websites for that? I, hard, to, hard to believe that there wouldn't be, but... Maybe they don't have to justify it. They, they. I, th- I think they have ways of sort of masking what stuff, you know, how it gets spent and those kinds of things. It's just like a budgetary thing. You know, well, they do. One of the things I'm, I'm going to have to say is that we have really given our listeners a lot to listen to. Mm. And we have even more in store for next time. I think that what we really need to do is just stop the show here. And we're going to post, obviously, the show. If you're listening to it now, then we've posted the show, Mm -hmm. but we're also going to have links on the show page, metaphysical, metaphysicalpodcast.com. Go there, look at the links that we have provided as far as everything we've talked about so far. We're going to try and find all the links that we can for the the Brookings Institute extraterrestrial paper that they did. Right. I don't know. Can you, um, can you reproduce this? This, uh, yeah, of course I can. It, it's interesting. This chart it shows the connection, the the Nazi m- Masonic yeah. magician connection. We're gonna, we're gonna, and we're also going to have a link to this book that Walt has. Um, Mike has Barra's brought. book, Mike Barra's book. Yeah, it's, it's really good. We're also going to try. Um, we're also. It, it's interesting to to know that um, you know there's so much behind this organization that's not apparent. 
and and even a lot of the occult significance uh, of when they the the times that they picked for the landings had had occult significance. Um, okay, when certain the, the thirty three degrees always comes in. Um, by the way, Dallas um, is on the thirty third parallel. Uh, yeah, yeah, we have to. We, <laughs> we talked, we've talked about, about that. that before, but. Um, and one of the landings was, and I guess you could say this is coincidence, but maybe not. One of the landings was on April 20th, which was which is Hitler's birthday. Um, Mike Barrett talks a lot about that. That It can't just be coincidence. You can't just write that off as coincidence. Let me see that book here for a second. Okay. It's really, he's done a lot of extensive Ancient research. Aliens and Secret Societies by Mike Barra. And we're trying to get him on, on the, the podcast. He's, he's a prominent um, guest on a new show called Deep Space, which is talking about the origins of the secret space program, which is really a pretty good show on Gaia yeah. that I've been watching. So I guess I, this is a good place to cut off the show and, and leave it a little open-ended with the next stage being... We want to know... The next stage yeah. of our rocket being... Uh, <laughs> What we want to secret space. What we want to know, and we want to we want to seriously. We I'm, I'm, we're going to tweet this. We're going to put this on the the Facebook page for the Metaphysical Connection. You can search Metaphysical Connection on Facebook, and it should come right up. Um, we want to know what 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 do you think NASA is doing with an mm-hmm. annual budget of nineteen billion dollars for next year. That's just for next year's budget. Proposed that's one budget. year. That's, that's one year. That's 2018. That's part of, that's uh, one part of uh, what, Trump's budget. What do you think is going on with NASA's NASA's budget? What do you think NASA is doing? And do you believe in the validity of a secret space program? Well, I have to I have to say, when I first heard about that, I, I think I was probably like pretty much everybody else, like, nah, that can't be. That's that's crazy, you know. But then the more you start hearing about it the more you start to think, well, hmm. Like the, the big connection for me is the, is the lack of propulsion uh, progress. Yeah. You know, that doesn't seem right to me. That with all the progress we've made in other areas that we're still basically using the same propulsion system yeah. to escape the gravity of the earth, that doesn't ring true to me. That there's something's not right. And, and something, there's some... where is that other propulsion system being used? Yeah. If in fact there is, such a thing, what do which you th- I do think there is. So what do you think that is really going on behind the scenes at NASA? Is what we really want to know, people. Well, I, you know, I think NASA is, the NASA that we know, is is like the face of NASA. Right. Like the, the public face. That's sort of yeah. like, you know, again, the shell game. You know, look over here, and over here we're doing all this other stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's kind of what it comes down to. Yeah. My opinion, of course, but... I'm not alone in that thinking. $19 billion. Ooh, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. What could you do with $19 billion? I'll tell you what I could do with $19 billion. <laughs> a lot of good stuff, probably. Yeah. I know you'd be very... After you bought yourself... Um, oh, how many fedoras would you buy if you had an unlimited <laughs> supply of money? <laughs> you know what? The thing a is... A fedora is, for every day of the year. That's a lot of... And I have one, And I have it on. <laughs> I think that no I think that the thing is is that well first of all I only have one head I only have you only have one head unlike that giant that they found that <laughs> right exactly. giant. no because the thing is is that it was just like no I think that I think that I would if I had 19 billion dollars I think I would fund I think I would fund my own X-Files and <laughs> that's you know that would be cool that would be cool that would uh, be wouldn't it be great 
to do that? I don't know. We can we can get into that next show with the Secret Space Program. We can talk about Chris Carter's connection and, and the Oh, Chris Carter and, has a connection to this. I think he does, yeah. I think he Chris does. Carter was on to something and he, they I think they may have put the put the boot down on his neck. I, I think know. they may have slapped his peepee and no, said you need so. to something, you need to happen. throttle it back a little Maybe. bit here. Yeah, he was he was trying to get some stuff out, I think. I yeah. Anyway, so so there's a lot of um, a lot more stuff to talk about. And I'll tell you right now, Walt may not. We be, didn't even talk about Mars. No, Mars is Mars is part of a of a future show. Of the next show, I, well, and part of the secret space program. I promise you, All that right. will be part of a yeah. future show. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for Sounds listening. Good. Get on Facebook. That is the Metaphysical Connection group page. You can find that on the uh, on the Metaphysical Podcast home page metaphysicalpodcast.com and um, join us in our conversation um, what is NASA doing with all of that money and tell us what you think about the concept of a secret space program and on top of this we need to also remind you invite a friend tell all of your friends about the metaphysical connection podcast get them on board um, I think they're having one really good party Yes, one really good party. Yeah, you think that that's what I they're doing. So. I think so. What do you think that Walt is just full of it, or a do you lot think of tequila? That... Exactly. Thanks for listening, folks, and uh, join us. Join us on our group page on the on the on the Facebooks, as this, as my in laws like to call it. Get on Facebook, Metaphysical Connection Group. Tell us what you think about all the various topics that we talk about. And tell us what you think about the, the lack of budget, as it were, for NASA. And, uh, and invite not just one friend, but all of your friends. Just remember the moniker for NASA. Never a straight answer. Exactly. Exactly. And funny. I like that. All right. Thanks, folks. Thank you, Walt. This has been the Metaphysical Connection podcast from the Fedora Chronicles Network. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, or Player FM. You can find our podcast via your Apple, Android, or Windows devices using those services and more. If your favorite podcast service or program doesn't feature us, let us know by shooting us an email via info at thefedorachronicles.com. That's also a great way to get in touch with Walt, Jim, and Eric, and let us know what you think of the podcast, as well as topic suggestions for a future show. If we use your suggestion, we'll send you a t-shirt or coffee mug. Just send along your size and preference with your email. You can be a part of the Metaphysical Connection between shows by joining us on our social media accounts. You can find us on Facebook by going to our Metaphysical Connection group and following us on Twitter at PhysicsLaxative. Most importantly, you can support the show by hitting the Patreon button on all of our show pages, metaphysicalpodcast.com. Patreons of the show get specials such as getting the podcast a day before the rest of the audience, heads up about future episodes, and other exclusives. Want some Metaphysical Connection swag of your own? Get your own damn Metaphysical Connection coffee mugs, t-shirts, keychains, and barbecue aprons at our Zazzle page. My house is full of them, yours should be too. Find them at www.zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. Don't forget to check out our show sponsor, the Trinity Whip Company. Traditionally made kangaroo whips, top quality craftsmanship, and form as well as function. Handcrafted by Blake Brunning. Find his products at www.trinitywhipco.com. So for Walt, Jim, and Eric, this is Carol Fisk thanking you for listening and signing off. 
Until next time, keep your chin up and your bra, excuse me, fedora on. Oh, God! <laughs>